Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Greg Matzik. Just seeing some of the snow totals that fell out east, northeastern part of the country. Massive snow totals, cold temperatures, right? It's plummeting. It's kind of what happened in January here in Wisconsin. We had that, that big snap of major snowfall. It was all piled up, and the cold weather followed that about a week or so later. Can we please airlift some of that snow from the northeast to northern Wisconsin? Well, you're not kidding, right? It's still a dire situation in the northern part of our state, and really statewide. There's not a drop of snow. It's going to change here, but uh, you're talking about pretty minimal totals overall. So one of the major events that is going to get up and running next week is the American Birkebeiner event. Mm -hmm. So this is typically a 53-kilometer cross-country skiing event. That's, that's the signature event of all the races that they do. And it goes from Cable to Hayward. It, it really, Hayward turns into this you know, sports mecca for the part, better part of a, a week or so. They have 13,000 cross-country skiers registered for this year's event. But they have to make some changes, as you might expect, because of the lack of snow. So organizers were ahead of the game on this. Here's the executive director. His name is Ben Pott. Pay close attention to what he says about how organizers have prepared for the lack of snow. It's been a Herculean effort. This crew had the foresight to start thinking about this back in January when we did have our one little cold snap, and the whole crew put in a huge amount of time to start stockpiling snow with the thought that if it occurred, yeah, maybe we don't get much snow, maybe we get a little, well, at the end of the day, as we know, we didn't get any. And so it's been a huge mobilization um, from the county, from the city of Cable, the Bayfield County, um, all kinds of contractors to come together and try and bring you the 2024 American Berkabiner. In January, they were starting to prepare for this. They were starting to stockpile snow and literally build mountains of snow knowing that if there was a 40 or 50 degree day that the snow melt would happen but it wouldn't take a massive hit so they've taken the snow that they have stockpiled over the better part of four or five weeks and spread it about in a 10 kilometer loop and have groomed it so now they have a track they have an actual course but it's different now it's a looped track instead of this this long trek that sort of rolls through the woods it's 10 kilometers instead of you know, 20 or 30. So the first thing I think about with something like this, Greg, a lot of the people who get this together are volunteers. Like when you have an event like this in a Hayward or when you're talking about the snowmobile races, for example, in Eagle River, or I mentioned earlier the Westby Ski Jump in southwest Wisconsin, a lot of these events, they don't happen without the help of volunteers. I know they have paid people on staff to get this to go, and with an event of this size, you kind of have to have people who are paid to know what's going on. But so much of this doesn't get done without the help of people who are just willing to raise their hands and say, yes, I know this is going to be a huge effort. This is unforeseen, but I want to make it happen. Yeah, they're asking for racers' patience and understanding. And I think if you're a strong supporter of the Berkerbiner and that's sort of your jam... You'll be absolutely understanding of the situation being completely out of the control of the organizers. So they did their best to try and make the best of the situation. And it is a, a terrible situation in especially the northern part of our, our state. And really from central Wisconsin up, anywhere where snowmobiling is part of your industry and livelihood, uh, and even ice fishing, if you own a bait and tackle shop, whatever the case may be, you are hurting right now, especially in the northern part of the state. 
the fact that they're able to still get this event off the ground, spread it out over you know five days, and and kind of make a looped course instead of this uh, you know long arduous course running through the woods, I, I think it's a remarkable effort by the organizers of the Birkenbeiner event, many of which you accurately state are volunteers. And you mentioned it, too, about how events like these, especially this time of year, it's part of the identity of northern Wisconsin because so much of that part of the state, especially this time of year, you see it in the summer, too, it's tourism-based. It's getting people to come to events that are garnered around the season. I know for years... uh, myself, my father, and my grandpa and grandma would go up to Marinette County, and we would be doing snowmobile trips this time of year. That was just something that we did. And so many of those trails that wind through those portions of the state are strategically located. You see all the signs when you're on the trails. Here at this stop, five, six, seven restaurants, gas stations, hotels, inns. They're all just trying to figure out, okay, if this happens again, and it certainly has been out of the norm, we're talking about it so much because it's so unusual for there to be so little snow, but if this becomes a recurring thing, you almost start to have to think about, okay, how do I reinvent the identity of this part of the state and our economy as well? Well, no doubt. There is a trickle-down effect as well. If, if folks aren't going to work at the resort or restaurant or a gas station, Maybe then they don't require daycare services. So now daycares are hurting a little bit if you have younger children in those families. So there really is a domino effect. About the race, they're going to have to condense it and shorten it. That normal 53-mile, excuse me, 53-kilometer signature ski event is going to be shortened to a 30-kilometer race. And everybody's going to use the same course. I guess if you're a spectator, you'll see more of a looped race and maybe get to see your you know, your aunt, your uncle, your your mom, your dad, your son, daughter, whatever, ski by you a little bit more often. But I'm I'm glad they're still doing it because 13,000 people in Hayward, Wisconsin, or Cable, Wisconsin, this is a signature event nationwide. It's the marquee event. And if it doesn't happen, boy, you're really talking about an, an area that is going to be hurting for tourism dollars, and it's part of their livelihood. So, Kudos to everybody for making this work. That's exactly what they're doing. They are making the best out of a, a bad situation at the Birkenbeiner. They're doing it with smiles on their face, right? And they're, they're going to do it. They're going to have fun. They're going to talk about this. But hopefully it brings the level of tourism and dollars spent in that area that it typically does. And I know we joke all the time about, oh, that old try-hard Wisconsin attitude, hee-hee-ha-ha. But they we're seeing it play out right here in front of us. Important to note also, if you are planning on spectating the event and you're wondering, okay, well... If everything is so tenuous and we just need everything to work well, am I even going to be able to watch? Yes, spectators will still be allowed at the trailhead uh, for the event this year. I, I've never been up there for it. and I know it's a major deal, and it, it, it's just incredible. It's a, it's a passionate group. It's not unlike marathoners or half marathons, any sort of you know ultra-distance sort of event-based competition. I, it's a really tight-knit community of skiers, and, and you can see them sort of banding together here understanding that it's a it's a different situation but making the best out of that situation and like i mentioned also with the, you see that a lot with these winter sports specific events my experience in lacrosse covering the westby ski jump that group and i would see the same people every single year i was out there at the lodge they all just talk about how no matter what rain snow sleet wind no snow we're going to make this happen so good luck to everybody participating and putting on the American Birkebeiner event, celebrating its 50th race year anniversary. Pretty amazing stuff. A signature event 
uh, in Wisconsin and a staple of a Wisconsin winter. It's 820 on WTMJ. Coming up next, how many Wisconsin companies are recognized in Forbes' best companies to work for? We'll have it for you coming up in just a couple of minutes. Craig Manzik, Adam Roberts with you. It is Wisconsin's Morning News on a Wednesday. Uh, Vinny is back tomorrow, I believe. That's, and, that's right. The rest of the week. Bill mm-hmm. Stad's out for the rest of the week. He'll be back in on Monday. My last day of the week on the morning show is today. So Forbes has come out with their best places to work for 2024. So they do this every year. And they organize the survey by company size. So they got your big boy companies You've got your smaller companies, midsize, and so on. I'm always curious to figure out or learn where Wisconsin-based companies fit on the top 100 list. So if you're looking at big companies, and I mean major companies, right? The biggest of the big. Forbes has gone through three years of data, and responses to surveys are given by current employees, employees who had worked for the company within the past two years, and individuals familiar with the company through friends, family, peers, so on in their industry. New to the methodology this year was the inclusion of data from the past three years, with more recent data weighted more heavily. All survey responses were tallied to produce a score for every company in the survey and the list. And the 600 organizations with the highest scores ended up making the final list. And as always, Forbes is always eager to point out, companies do not pay to be considered. Right, they're not paying for inclusion on the list. Right, okay. that does happen in list-based industries. It's good to know. The number one company, according to Forbes, the number one company to work for in America is Novo Nordisk, based out of New Jersey. They're a drugs and biotechnology company, employing fifty-five thousand people, founded in nineteen twenty-three. Could be a night a nightmare for HR when you have that many people. Uh, yes, I mean it's a major company, whether you heard of it or not. This is a big time company, and who knows, sometimes the company behind the names of the products they make, you know more about the products they make than who makes the product. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Number two on the list is a company you're familiar with. It's Garmin. Okay. Based out of Kansas. So semiconductors, electronics, electrical engineering, founded in 1989. They employ about 19,000 employees. Others in the top 10 include Delta Airlines at number five, In and Out Burger as number six, the California based quick, fast, casual restaurant employing 39,000 have happy employees. They say, We love working here. There's great benefits. There's a great management training program. I'm so curious about Delta at five. That one got me to raise my eyebrow because it seems like for the past year, Everything we've been hearing nationally about airlines has been strike here, strike there, demanding more pay, separation, pilots, workers, flight attendants. Like That kind of surprises me to hear that Delta's at five. They are the only airline I see here in the top 25, and I'll keep scrolling to see if I find another. Other notable companies include Trader Joe's at number 12, Sony at number 17, Microsoft at 18, the University of Notre Dame, which is interesting, at number 20. Go Irish, I guess. And Google at number 21. NASA is number 22. Uh, but you're right. I, airlines, it, no. Uh, that, that is not a typical spot for airlines to be in the top 10 of best places to work. I'm still scrolling here because there are a couple of Wisconsin-based companies on the list, including Quick Trip. Hmm. Quick Trip checks in on this list. At number ninety-two, it's labeled Quick Strip. Uh, excuse me, Quick Trip <laughs> and Quick Star. 
retail and wholesale, 36,000 employees based out of the state of Wisconsin. The other Wisconsin company, Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, I'd not heard of them, admittedly. Banking and Financial Services, 6,800 employees. They're number 89. I wonder where Quick Strip would uh, fall on that list. That's a very different company. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very different things. So kudos to Quick Trip for being in the top 100. A couple other universities strike on here, including the University of Kentucky, UCLA Health, which is really more healthcare and social services. Uh, But always an interesting list. And a Wisconsin-based company, I think you can thumbs up to Quick Trip. I will say, as someone who, as I've said, has lived in La Crosse for a long time, and that, of course, is where the headquarters for Quick Trip are located, you can't go two blocks in La Crosse without a Quick Trip on your street corner. Everyone I've ever encountered at a Quick Trip always at least seems modest to happy that they are at work for that day. And I also know it is very difficult to get a job at Quick Trip. They all, you always see the signs, we're hiring, we're hiring. But it's very difficult to get those first, second, third interviews. I see. What, I is, what is the proper response to "see you next time"? I, I've been I've been trying to craft a proper response to that for like eight years. So when I, don't I have one, so when I would go to uh, sporting events uh, when I worked out there, and I would stop at Quick Trip for food, and they'd say, "Thank you, see you next time." It worked because I knew the person. I saw them pretty much every time I was at that Quick Trip, so I could just quickly say, "Yep, you too." But yeah, if you're just driving through like on a road trip or something and you're never going to see this person again, how do I know if I'll see you next time? I don't think there will be a next time. Well, that was morbid. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Like, we may never cross paths again. Do I say, yeah, I'll see you next time? And I've just settled on saying sounds good. I, I feel like that that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty simple. It, it seems decent. If I'm looking at the uh, mid-size list, so smaller companies, but... Desirable places to work. Acuity is number 126 on that list based out of Wisconsin. Bell and Health is 138 based out of Wisconsin. Johnsonville Sausage is number 181 on that list in the top 200. Some good representation for sure. Best places to work in the country according to Forbes. 830 on WTMJ. News is next. Fantastic Adam Roberts with you. It's Wisconsin's Morning News at 8.40 on a Wednesday. Vinny is back tomorrow. Public service announcement brought to you by We Energies. Oh, yes? Uh, if you're buying some of those Mylar balloons for Valentine's Day, you got to be careful. Mm. Uh, not so much inside the house, but outside the house. Balloons make a great Valentine's gift, but if you're not careful, they can also leave you without power. That's a problem. That is not a moray. That is the truth. So since 2020, according to We Energies, over 100,000 customers have faced power outages caused by Mylar balloons. That is such <laughs> a big up number. To the power line. 100 grand. That is ridiculous. So they get caught up in the power lines, and it's like a conductor, right? It creates a short circuit. Mylar balloons and power lines do not go well together. What is the worst way to have a power outage, you think? A balloon running into your power line and causing a static shortage or a squirrel running into a transformer and causing an explosion all right yeah so I, it, it's all out of your control but the mylar balloon is likely in your control correct right squirrel hits a transformer son of a gun right and you're probably out for you know a house or two maybe a small block who knows uh down power lines because of a storm hey you just uh, what do you expect that's kind of stuff happens and they work their tails off to try and get things back up and running remember the the storms that rolled through here the, the sure. crazy winter storms and the temps my goodness, the Wee Energy workers were tireless in their efforts to get power restored. But in some cases, there were transformers that were out. In some cases, it took a little longer than others. But Mylar balloons can be a real screw-up 
They come into contact with power lines and create a short circuit. They can knock out power. They can short circuit from the balloon. It can also cause power lines to fall to the ground. Uh, So they've got some helpful tips here. Never release balloons outside. Make sure balloons are tied securely to a weight. Keep balloons away from power lines. Don't touch balloons entangled in wires. That's good advice. All very solid points. If you are seeking a non-balloon-related Valentine's Day get-together, here are some helpful tips and ideas. Assemble an emergency kit together. Snuggle safely. Buy a carbon monoxide detector together. (laughs) Or focus on energy. Just together. I, I can't think of anything more romantic than sitting around, hopefully, a well lit living room from having the power and planning an emergency preparedness kit for the next time the power goes out. Oh, baby. It'll be a memorable Valentine's Day in your household. This public service announcement brought to you by We Energies. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Not sure if you saw this, Adam, but there is a word for just about everything these days. Really seems like it. And every year, Dictionary.com and Webster's adds new words to the dictionary. So Dictionary.com has added 327 words to the dictionary this particular year. Now, it's interesting because some of these words you have heard before, but it's 2024. That word might mean something a little different. Right? It's just used differently. We know, especially, English can be a very confusing language at times. Words can have multiple meanings. You want to have fun trying to explain the English language to a child? I have this every day, trying to explain rough, through, and thorough. Uh, Imagine someone someone learning it for the first time, trying to spell all of those differences. There, there, there. Classic. Exactly. So, as usual, the updates to the dictionary at dictionary.com include words that are new to the dictionary as well as entries that are newly revised so newly added senses of existing words like the word mid 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 today means meh i i got this burger from the restaurant and it was just kind of bag holder that's a different word (laughs) but it was just kind of mid yeah yeah it was just okay had these shoes for a while starting to get some holes Kind of mid. Mid has been added to the list. Now, there's some, they're not compound words, but they're more like phrases. So you heard me say, what was it here? Bag. Holder. Bag holder. That is somebody who is hanging on to an asset that is depreciating. And instead of parting ways with the asset, they continue to hang on to the asset to the point where it just is worth nothing. I had this happen to me. I was a bag holder years ago with my old Kia Spectra that I had for probably about two years, longer than I really should have, was sinking money trying to keep that thing getting me around from A to B, and I probably should just let it go. Okay, fair enough. So you might be considered a bag holder. Hmm. There's another word that I've heard before, and it generally means just awesome, wonderful, or amazing. It's... Bussin'. Yeah. It's bussin'. It is indeed. Bussin'. Right. Another word, which you have likely heard, is... Ick. Yeah. It's a sudden feeling of disgust or dislike, often in response to the actions of another person. Exhibit A, Taylor Swift watching Travis Kelsey doing his Viva Las Vegas. Ick. Yeah. Your ick might be spiders or snakes or something along that line. What is your ick? Could be anything. My ick is stains on clothes. I said this earlier. I hate looking at someone and clearly they have a big pizza stain or they have some mustard from a hot dog that clearly is just running down their shirt and they're completely oblivious. 
skip skip lagging, bed rotting, pretty privilege, fire science. I mean, there's all sorts of words. Shackets. Have you ever heard fire of shackets? No. What? Well, hold on. Fire science. I didn't have that class at St. Mary's Springs. Uh, no, you probably didn't. Fire science is the study of fire with specific disciplines that include the composition of fire, acceleration and suppression of fire, prevention of fire, control of wildfires, and so on. Well, acceleration of fire, I think I just answered my question why that was not in high school. So why has it taken shacket so long to enter this list? It's a garment in the style of a button-down shirt made of a thicker fabric and usually worn over other shirts. You can probably find it at Costco or Home Depot. A shacket. A shacket. I'm a little surprised that's not already been placed in the dictionary at dictionary.com. Here's another one, and of course, kind of a... Take off of what happened in 2023. Barbie core. Barbie core. Barbie core. An aesthetic or style featuring playful pink outfits, accessories, decor, celebrating and modeled on the wardrobe of the Barbie doll. In following with that, I think another one of them this year is girl dinner, which we heard girl math yes. a little bit before no, also. you're absolutely right. Do you know what that is? Could you describe it for me? Girl dinner. Girl dinner. Noun. Often attractively presented collection of snacks. That involve little preps, such as small quantities of cold cuts, cheese, fruit, cherry, tomatoes, etc., deemed sufficient to constitute a meal for one, which sounds insane. Okay. Girl dinner. Here's another one. Isn't Greed. that a charcuterie Plation. board? Oh, hey, Deb. Yeah, charcuterie. Well, kind of, but it, this says little preparation. I, right. I've seen charcuterie boards that are like in the shape of a turkey. I'm sure there are people oh, today yeah. okay. who are already prepping for tonight with their charcuterie boards. That's a good point. Deb, are you familiar with this term? Greedflation. Greedflation? No, I have not heard this. This is a rise in prices, rents, or the like that is not due to market pressure or any other factor organic to the economy, but is caused by corporate executives or boards of directors or property owners. My landlord suffering a severe case of greedflation this month. Greedflation. All right, another one for you, Deb. Have you heard of? Dry. Powder. As opposed to... Wet powder? <laughs> Dry powder is cash reserves, liquid assets, or easy, easily liquidated assets, such as readily saleable stocks and bonds held by a corporation or individual. I've never heard so that. so technical. Okay. It is known as... Dry powder. Dry powder. So there you go. All these words added to dictionary.com. 327 of them in total. Some are words such as... Mid... And some have a little bit more to it. Bag. Holder. But it's there. And It'll some are busted. 300 more next year. It's 852. WTMJ-W277-CV and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ. A good karma brand station. We're wrapping up Wisconsin's morning news for a Wednesday. I've enjoyed this. Steve Scafidi is in. He is also wearing black and gray, as is Adam Roberts. I got dark blue on. Right? <laughs> we are just, in right. the spirit of the season. Where are we supposed morning. to wear red? I, I didn't know that was a thing. Well, I know it, it's Valentine's Day. If you look at, another at, one. at TV, right? I mean, well, it, it's TV. a red and pink fest with all the local and national yeah. news everywhere. Full disclosure, I hate wearing anything red. And yeah, I, mean, I know That's the badge. not surprising. I know the badges are red. I just don't like red. It doesn't look good on me. It's a very bold color. It makes me look especially white. Interesting. Yeah. All right. You mm-hmm. were telling me before we came on here, your wife has very interesting dinner plans for you tonight. <laughs> right. We could have had anything. I, I always give her the option. Like, where do you want to go? Capitol Grill, Carson's, occasionally you throw in a carnivore. She picked Jersey Mike's. Huh. Huh. All right. Because she loves Jersey Mike's. <laughs> That's fine. I said, okay, I got it. That's easy. I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. It's it's like the perfect cat. The other thing she did is perfect casual dinner 
right? I go pick it up and we enjoy that. But the other thing she did, we, we always say no gifts. She got me a gift. Uh-oh. Wait now. Hang on a second. Mm-hmm. You've been married long enough. 38 years. When the phrase no gifts gets tossed out there, do you really still <laughs> shut that dial off? <laughs> okay. okay. Cool. Hey, All right. Most times she doesn't. to do here. She throws a $100. She knows I like to have Starbucks occasionally. She throws a $100 Starbucks gift card. Now, now I feel obligated. Well, that's a gift. It is a gift, yes. That's absolutely a gift. Sure. Yeah. So now I feel obligated. i got to do something between now and then. Uh, you well, better hurry. You said no gifts. Isn't it more of a want? Right? <laughs> I don't know what to do now. Am I getting you in trouble? No. Okay. No. She's probably listening. She's driving around today. What do you have coming up today? What do I? Oh, well, the state of Wisconsin, apparently all this legal questions about the the maps mm-hmm. well legislature says ah let's just give the governor what he wants <laughs> and and then you know there's all these other questions about well well would it be somehow challenged in the in the court of appeal i think they just said at some point let's just do this let's just take our chances sounds like the if we were hearing from paul farrell who was on wisconsin's afternoon news yesterday mm-hmm. he doesn't seem too confident much is going to change i've seen a lot of the people on x or twitter or whatever who have speculated and drawn okay here's what with the new maps, the districts will look like in terms of 2024, and it doesn't seem like a ton will change. Yeah, well, I get why he's saying that, and, and there's a potential that that is the case. I, I think it's going to uh, fall into the, the question of how angry are voters this in this uh, next election, big election, November? Mm-hmm. How angry are they? Because we saw a little bit of that yesterday in New York. Typically, that's a Republican district. Democrat won by pretty good margin. So sure. voters are a little... Um, Reclep's not the word, but it's a little agitated, and I think that that same thing will carry over into Wisconsin. We've seen the uh, you know Democrats have won fourteen of the last seventeen races, a pretty good track record. Republicans they got to do something. I think this was a acknowledgement that they were spending a lot of money fighting this. It's an acknowledgement that we actually have a process in the state where the legislature picks the maps, governor signs, and we're done. So that's a sort of a return. This is what I'm going to say to normalcy. That's a good thing. I, I always wonder why anybody in elected position should be able to determine where the maps are right? drawn. Like, like, it, like it should just sort of happen, right? If population increases, maybe you, you kind of re-examine it. But why should anybody as an elected official be able to do that? They shouldn't. It's a great point. But you know how you know? politics works. The no, po- politicians it. make the rules. It's I, dumb. I, I, I get it. That's it's why just... we don't have term limits in most places. <laughs> I was going to say the Supreme Court should do it, but they're elected as well. So who knows, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. All right, Steve is coming up next. Uh, I'm out of here. So is Adam. He'll hang around for the news, I promise. Greg Hill, thank you very much. Debbie, thank you. Steve's Confetti Show is next.